It is an honor to be with you all today. It is also a rather strange feeling because I sat out in the pews for 13 years, about 10 seats back. When I first came to Asheville, this was, became my church home. I moved here to become a pediatric occupational therapist. And I worked at Tom's Rehab, which is now Community Care Partners. Well, if someone had told me that one day I would be standing behind this pulpit changing careers, I would have thought they were crazy. <laughs> but during my years here, through the ministries that I was involved in and the messages that I heard, I finally responded to that nudge that I had felt for a long time. I found my place as I learned about the role of an ordained deacon, which is the same as Lisa here in our church, and she um, was just recognized as in full connection during our, our clergy meeting, so congratulations to Lisa for that. As ordained deacons, we are called to connect the church with the world in a ministry of word, service, compassion, and justice. And this is the place where I was shaped by God for that ministry and where God worked with me through my mentor, your pastor Rob, and through many of you to help shape me. In today's scripture, Jeremiah is drawn by God to the potter's wheel to watch the potter's hands shaping the clay. And God reveals to Jeremiah that we, God's people, are like that clay, being shaped by God with his loving hands. I love this image because I've always loved to play with clay. As a young girl, I would dig in that Butner, North Carolina, sandy loam soil, and it had just enough clay in it that it would stick together, and I would make all kinds of exciting little shapes. Well, when I moved to Asheville, right out of college, I guess it makes sense that I found the grown-up version of playing in the clay. I signed up for classes at the Odyssey Clay Works, and I had so much fun on that pottery wheel, making all of these one-pound creations, cups and bowls. And then when I became a mom, I turned my attention from shaping clay to helping shape Mark, who is now graduated from high school just this year, hard to believe. And now that he has graduated, I found myself turning back to that clay it's like spending time with an old friend that I've greatly missed. Getting back into clay has been one of the silver linings of the COVID virus for me, along with spending more time with Mark at the dinner table. When I'm alone working with that clay, I feel God's presence in a special way. I think a lot about God's words to Jeremiah in chapter 18. Like clay in the hand of the potter, you are in my hands. As we give our lives to Christ, God shapes and molds us into a beautiful creation. And there's one point in the process of working at the wheel where God has particularly talked with me, and that is about the importance of centering. When you throw that lump of clay onto the wheel, 
It's the first and most challenging part of throwing. Everything builds from that point. And if you don't get that clay perfectly centered, you're going to have problems when you try to pull up that clay and make a shape. On one particular day, I especially felt a message from God as I sat at the wheel. It was early on during the COVID days, and I came to the wheel feeling rushed and, quite frankly, anxious. I was wondering what all this would mean for work and for my family, and I had some miscommunication going on with a friend, and I was just not feeling centered inside of myself at all. And lo and behold, what I was feeling inside came out at the wheel. No matter how hard I tried, I could not center. The more I tried to make something happen, the more frustrated I became. God reminded me of an important lesson on that day. I became acutely aware that as I worried about the future, I could not center. Especially during this pandemic and racial enmity, most of us are going to have times when we feel worried and anxious. These feelings of fear and anxiety are totally based on thoughts about the future. During these days when the future is not as predictable, we're going to be especially vulnerable to be thrown off balance by fear. So it's especially important for us to stay centered with God and with Scripture. Because our faith talks back to fear. Our faith grounds us in love. And the Apostle John reminds us that perfect love casts out all fear. God knew that we were inclined toward fear, and that's why do not fear is the most repeated phrase used in Scripture. So how do we overcome fear? By practicing the presence of God in the here and the now. And it isn't easy. It's like trying to center on that wheel. It takes lots of practice. It doesn't mean that we won't have concerns, and it doesn't mean that we don't plan for the future. But it means that we have an awareness of God's presence with us, loving us and guiding us right now, right here. Patrick preached a few weeks ago about the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is the part of the Trinity that is with us in the here and the now. The Holy Spirit is the nowness of God. Right here, right now, just as present with us as when the Spirit passed over the waters of creation, of when that Spirit descended onto Jesus when he was baptized like a dove. And that same Spirit is with us right now. That same Spirit was with us earlier in the month as we stood on these church grounds and we prayed and walked together for peace and justice. Richard Rohr points out in his book, Just This, that the present moment is sacramental. When we are present to the moment, we are more aware of the presence. 
In the Garden of Gethsemane, the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples were, Stay awake. Staying awake comes from, not from willpower, but from a wholehearted surrender to the moment, as it is. It's largely a matter of letting go of resistance to what the moment offers or of clinging to a past moment. It's an acceptance of the full reality of what is right here, right now. And it will be the task of our whole lifetimes to practice God's presence in the now. It takes a lot of practice, like any spiritual discipline. God helped the people in the wilderness practice God's presence in the here and now. You remember the story of the manna? The people were instructed to gather, what? Just enough for that day. No matter, no, no more or no less. And you remember what happened to the manna when they gathered more than they were supposed to? Turned into maggots, didn't it? It became infested. Jesus reminds us in the prayer he taught us to ask this day our daily bread. Not enough bread or toilet paper or meat for days and days and days ahead, but enough for this day. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a metaphor for how God's grace and peace work in our lives. God gives us what we need for today. When we worry about the future and play the what-if games in our head, like the manna in the wilderness, fear creeps in like maggots. So one of the main ways that we can conquer fear is by practicing God's presence in the here and the now. As we live into the present moment, recognizing it for the gift that it is, it centers us. Like clay in the potter's hand, when we center on God's presence with us right here, right now, we have a foundation that God can use to continue guiding and molding us into a beautiful creation. And that is what God taught me through the clay that day. To practice focusing on right now, to stay centered in the moment. Some people call this practice mindfulness. It's a term that has made its way into the business world and pop culture. And it's often considered primarily a Buddhist practice, but mindfulness is also very much of a Christian practice. Jesus teaches us in Matthew 10, 7, that the kingdom of God is not just somewhere out there in the future, but the kingdom of God is now. And we'll miss it if we aren't awake. In one of Jesus' stories about staying awake, he talks about 10 people who come to a wedding party. Five fall asleep before the party even gets started and they miss the celebration entirely. Jesus contrasts this with the five who stay awake and join the party. If we're not alert to the present moment, we're going to miss out on celebrating the abundant life that God wants for us, for each of us. So God reminded me through the clay that day, 
that in order to stay centered in God, I need to focus on the here and the now. Because God is in the here and the now with us, giving us the grace that we need for today. When we start thinking too far out into the future, fear and anxiety creep in like maggots in the manna and we lose our center. The psalmist reminds us of these beautiful truths to be still and know that I am God. In the stillness, our eyes are opened to God's grace and gifts that are right there, right in front of us one day at a time that we can so easily miss. So how do we find that stillness? What spiritual practices draw you closer to God, especially in these unusual days when we're missing the spiritual practice of gathering together and fellowshipping together? Well, for me, it's been yoga and pottery and hiking. For others, it may be running and gardening. Or maybe it is simply being still before God and reminding ourselves that God is God and that every breath we take is a gift. Whatever the method, the key is to search until you find what helps you to stay centered and practice God's presence. And remember the scriptures that shape and guide you. Annie Dillard tells a story in her book, Pilgrim at Tinker Creek, where she's coming around the corner of a building and just in time she sees this mockingbird dive to the ground. It was this breathtaking experience for her. The bird seemed to stretch out its wings and plummet to the earth, 23 feet per second, accelerating as it fell, and then a moment before impact, it expanded its wings to reveal these beautiful white feathers. And it stepped out as if stepping out of an escalator. Annie thought of the old philosophical conundrum about the tree in the forest. If there's no one there to hear it, Does it make a sound? What if she hadn't been there to see the bird? What if she had not been paying attention? Would the grace and beauty still have been there? Yes, she concluded. But the least I can do is to show up, to be there. The least we can do is to be there. Christian mindfulness, it opens our eyes, it awakens us. If our practice of mindfulness is an end to itself in order to feel more centered for our own benefit and nothing else, then it loses its greatest value for us. As followers of Jesus, mindfulness is a practice that leads to something beyond ourselves, and that is a greater awareness of who we are and how God is calling us to respond to the world and the needs of this world. It has the power to change us from the inside out. 
seeing life more and more through the eyes of God, increasing our awareness and love for neighbor and commitment to justice and shalom for all. So let us practice the presence of God right here, right now, increasing our awareness of the sacramental moments that surround us each day. And in that knowledge and that peace, may we respond as followers of Christ to the vision of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.